Hello, this is Dr. Diman Basu, and I'm one of the rheumatologists who is in private practice in the DFW area in Texas, and I'm the director of Heritage Rheumatology and Arthritis Care, which is located in Colleyville, Texas. Here, I'm very excited to present the data regarding the rheumatoid arthritis trial, which was the top-line data that was presented at the ULAR meeting. So it was a multi-central trial to assess the safety and efficacy of Actar gel. Henceforth, will be referred to as repository corticotropin injection, abbreviated as RCI, in patients with persistently active rheumatoid arthritis. So as you all know, that rheumatoid arthritis is one of those autoimmune inflammatory disease that is seen more often in females than males. And this disease can progress over time if not appropriately treated. Although we have a distinct group of treatment options which are available for rheumatoid arthritis, which includes both conventional synthetic disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs, but also biologic disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs, and also some baseline treatment which are offered at the initial phase that includes corticosteroids, non-steroidals, etc., etc. However, despite the multiple treatment options available for rheumatoid arthritis, a good number of patients still tend to have inadequate response despite taking the full combination treatment. So there is still an unmet need in those rheumatoid arthritis population who are refractory to treatment using both conventional synthetic as well as biologic disease-modifying agents. And of course, despite taking background corticosteroids. With that idea in mind, in those refractory rheumatoid arthritis population, this phase four multi-center study was designed to assess the safety and efficacy of RCI in patients with persistently active refractory rheumatoid arthritis. This study has two phases. There is a part one, which is a open level part for the first 12 weeks, where actually the primary outcome is defined as low disease activity assessed by DAS-28 ESR at the end of that 12 week. A total of 259 patients were enrolled in this part one, the open level phase. And in this part one open level phase, the primary outcome with low disease activity measured by DAS-28 ESR less than or equal to 3.2 at 12 weeks was met. Patients who are on all the background medications and were on RCI had a better response rate and which was measured as 62% met that primary endpoint compared to 43% in placebo. Also, it is important to note that the minimal entry criteria 
or inclusion criteria for this study. Of course, they have to be adult patients more than 18 years and they have to fulfill the ACR ULAR classification criteria. But the most important thing is that these patients who have persistently active rheumatoid arthritis, despite the treatment as mentioned above, who are still having disease flare up, and they have to have at least 12 weeks of corticosteroid before screening. And the last four weeks prior to screening, they have to be at least on 5 to 10 milligram of prednisone or equivalent dosing. The one important thing that is part of the inclusion criteria is, besides the above, these patients have to have one of the following two criteria met. The first one is either they have to be on methotrexate less than or equal to 20 milligram per week and one biologic or non-biologic demand for at least 12 weeks before screening. But if they are not on methotrexate, they can be on one biologic demand for at least 12 weeks prior to screening. The biologic demands that were included in this trial were the all tumor necrosis factor inhibitors, including etanercept, edalimumab, infliximab, sertolizumab, and golimumab. The one other non-TNA biologic allowed was abatacept, and lastly, there was a targeted synthetic demand or a small molecule was allowed in that category, which was tofacitinib. None of the other biologic demands or other targeted synthetic demand small molecules were included in the inclusion criteria, which means they automatically were excluded from the study if the patients were on other biologic demands or targeted synthetic demands other than the ones just mentioned above. In terms of the conventional synthetic demands, the patients can be on sulfasalazine, leflunomide, hydroxychloroquine, or methotrexate. And the methotrexate dose, as mentioned before, should be less than or equal to 20 milligram per week. So as you can see, these are very refractory rheumatoid arthritis patient population. As we showed before, about 62% achieved the low disease activity when the RCI was added to one arm compared to 42% when the RCI was not added but they got everything else, which was described as the placebo arm. So after uh, looking at the data, it is very clear these patients did very well. And the other important thing, which was equally important, that there are, there are other endpoints. One of the important endpoints, of course, is our American College of Rheumatology 20, 50, and 70% criteria, which is essential for all the rheumatoid arthritis trials in US and that was also analyzed in this trial as well. Those patients in these first 12 weeks, they also had a very significant amount of ACR response in the RCI arm compared to the placebo arm in this open level period. The numbers were at 12 weeks, 83%, 63%, and 30% with ACR 20 50, and 70 response. Now, moving on to the second phase of the trial, which actually included 154 patients, which is the double-blind 
phase part two of the trial where those patients who did achieve low disease activity with RCI, which is about 62% of these patients, were then randomized in a double-blind fashion with either continuation of RCI or they were randomized to placebo. And like I said, those were about 154 patients. Just to uh, complete this beginning part of the phase two or part two of this trial, those folks who did not achieve low disease activity in part one, they were followed up for another four weeks because they did not achieve the low disease activity and they were basically allowed to receive other forms of therapy for further control of the disease. So after four weeks of follow-up, no further involvement in the trial was entertained in those groups. But moving along to the, the main group who achieved low disease activity, where it is divided into two different uh, randomized double-blind groups, patients who received the RCI, they actually have greater number of patients who achieved low disease activity, again, compared to those who received in placebo in the next 12 weeks, which is 24 weeks from the beginning. So at the end of the 24 weeks, roughly about 62% of the RCI patients, which means they received RCI from the very beginning, first part as well as the second part, they have 62% low disease activity as measured by DAS-28 less than 3.2 compared to 43% in the placebo arm, meaning those who received first 12 weeks of RCI, but the next 12 weeks they were on placebo, meaning they did not receive the RCI. Moving on to the, the ACR response, which was really very dramatic, the 24-week data on those patients who received RCI, the whole 24-week period, the ACR 20, 50, and 70 response were 91%, 75%, and 47% respectively, compared to the placebo, which as you understand, the first 12 weeks of RCI followed by next 12 weeks placebo, their ACR 20, 50, 70 responses were 84%, 70%, and 42% respectively. One other important conclusion from this trial I like to highlight is significantly fewer patients in the actor gel continuation group, meaning they received RCI the whole entire 24 weeks. They have lesser number of flare-up, which is about 17% compared to the placebo group, which is about 30%. Also, adverse events observed were consistent with those in previous trials of actor gel, and the adverse events were in the RCI group were 33, placebo group had 40, because placebo group also had the background biologic demands as well as the conventional synthetic demands as well. They included some important adverse events. Of course, the number is not very significant, which is also very reassuring. The Important disease states that I like to highlight that was found was people worry about is diabetes mellitus, which is only seen in one patient in the RCI group. The other important uh, things to consider would be increase in glycosylated hemoglobin, which is kind of in the line of diabetes, only one in RCI group and three in placebo. 
hyperglycemia was encountered four in the RCI group and three in placebo, and hypertension four in the RCI group and none in placebo. So also uh, there are some increase in the liver function test only seen in one patient in the study. Also another important conclusion is the bone turnover markers were also analyzed. The study was not designed to assess for superiority and there were not enough patients to analyze a statistically significant data, but the bone turnover markers were favorable and there was no significant worsening of the uh, bone turnover markers in those patients who are on RCI. Also, the last conclusion which I like to make from this trial is that if we focus our attention on the placebo group in the double-blind phase, meaning those folks who got the first 12 weeks of RCI, but the last 12 weeks or the next 12 weeks, they did not get the RCI. And when you look at the data at 24 weeks, the ACR 20, 50, and 70 response, as I told you before, it's still very significant, 84%, 70%, and 42%. And also, if you look at their achievement of low disease activities, 43%. The other last thing in that regard would be to look at another measure of disease activity, which is done by many of us as rheumatologists in clinical practice, is called CDI, which is clinically which is clinical disease activity index. And if it is less than or equal to 10, it signifies that disease is, in, is doing very well. It is low disease activity. So CDI less than 10 will be considered low disease activity in that parameter. And those subjects, uh, if you compare between the RCI group and the placebo group at 24 weeks, the number for CDI low disease activity were 86% and 66% respectively. Again, the overall conclusion is that, to sum up, those patients who got RCI the whole entire 24 weeks, they definitely did very well. And the, and the data, both in terms of remission, as well as lesser number of flare-up, were very significant. But we cannot undermine the effect of the RCI for only those folks who got the first 12 weeks, but the last 12 weeks they did not. Even in those folks, they still have a very decent response, which proves the point that if for some reason we have to stop the RCI after 12 weeks of therapy, there is a very good sustainability of the response for the next 12 weeks in those group of patients as well. I'll conclude the lot of new doors are now be open for use of RCI um, in those refractory rheumatoid arthritis patients who are still struggling to be put into low disease activity despite taking all these biologic and non-biologic demands. Thank you very much.